Uh, good evening, good evening, and welcome back after a little bit of a break. We are, for those who have forgotten, in the middle of learning the halachas of Yichud. When one is allowed to isolate oneself together with uh, a man, or when a man is allowed to isolate himself together with a woman, what situations of isolation are permitted, which situations of isolation are forbidden, when is it called a situation of, of isolation and when is it not called a situation of isolation? We've gone through a number of the background to Hilchus Yechud and a number of scenarios in Yechud and we discussed last year, the end of last year, one of the situations of Yechud which is very common is a situation where a male is isolated together with a female who has a husband and her husband's in the city, which Chazal called Bailo Be'er. And Chazal tell us that if a husband is in the city, then the husband, irrelevant that the husband isn't in the house at this point in time, but the husband is now a protector of the wife, and therefore it's not considered a situation which we're worried about. Meaning like this, we have a situation where there's a man and a woman who are in a state of Yichud, they are isolated together at home, <coughs> Mr. X has come to visit Mrs. Y and they're sitting at home together in the house and they are isolated together in the house, but the fact that Mrs. Y has a husband and her husband is Be'er, is in the city, that is considered a shamer, it's considered a guard to the wife, it protects the wife and therefore we allow that situation of Yichud. We discussed at length the reasoning behind why Be'er would work and the differences in, in the different reasons, the differences of the different reasons, how they would play themselves out practically. We explained that there's two understandings why a husband in the city is considered a protector of the wife. Either because when a husband is in the locale of where, where they are isolated, the wife is always worried that the husband might turn up at any moment in time. So Chazal understood that what would be in the mind of a woman, now we're not talking about what's practical, not because women are not practical. We're not talking about what's feasible, not because women are don't understand what's feasible, just the Chazal understood the psychology of women. And we're going to come back to the Chazal understanding the psychology, psychology of men as well. Chazal understood the psychology of a woman, and that a city, a city, and we're going to discuss this today, a city is considered an area that a woman will therefore have a little bit of worry that her husband's going to come, in, come home at any point in time. Now, he knows, she knows that he's gone off somewhere, and he might be to the other side of the city, and it might be quite a large city, and in fact, even a very large city, we don't find anywhere in Chazal, that the Chazal differentiating the size of the city. So you take a large city, and you know your husband had a job to do in the other side of, of the city, but at the end of the day, he's in the city, therefore the woman is afraid that he might just turn up at any moment in time, and therefore she has a protection, she's protected from transgressing any surim, because she has a shamer, she has a husband as a guard. The other logic given by the this is given by the Rishonim. The other reason given by the Rishonim, perhaps, is that even if the husband, the wife knows the husband is, isn't never going to come home, he's gone to the other side of the city and he's not definitely not going to come home at any moment in time. But she has a psychological innate fear of her husband, a, a subconscious fear of her husband. That's what a wife has. She has a subconscious fear of her husband that she that prevents her from chasuvshon crossing any red lines, crossing across any mark that she shouldn't cross and doing anything that she shouldn't be doing and therefore irrelevant of where the husband is as long as the husband's in the same city therefore that subconscious fear is there that worry about the husband not that he's going to turn up and find them just my husband, I can't do that is enough to prevent her from crossing any red lines and therefore we consider her protected and she's now allowed to isolate herself with another man in a 
situation of real yichud. We're not worried about that because we consider this a situation of yichud with a shmir, with a shmir. We explained the differences between the two. We explained briefly in the previous year. We'll just run through them again, just briefly. So, for instance, what would happen if somebody's husband is in work in the city? He works in the city and he called from a landline, and on your caller ID, you, the office number came up. So you now know that he's definitely in the office. And the quickest, the shortest time it can take him to get home is three quarters of an hour. And it's rush hour, it's probably taking double that. You know for sure that you have three quarters of an hour before your husband's going to walk through that door. Without question, without any shadow of a doubt, he has no helicopter. There's no way he's going to be here for three quarters of an hour. According to the first reason, if you're the reason why a woman is considered protected when the husband's in the city is because there's a subconscious worry that she, he is going to come home at any given moment in time, but you now know that he's definitely not going to come home for three quarters of an hour. Then the, the halacha of Bailabir will not help you. It won't help you because you know for sure that the husband is not going to come home. If, however, the reason why Bailabir is a protection is because a woman subconsciously has an innate fear of her husband, irrelevant of where he is, as long as he's in the city, then the, his presence is felt, in inverted commas, and therefore you have an innate fear then even if you know your husband's not going to come home for three quarters of an hour, it is completely forbidden. It'll be, it'll be permitted, sorry, it'll be permitted. Because she has that innate fear, the schmear is there. We went through a number of different examples like that. What we want to discuss today is what is called a city. How do you define a city? Now if you take London, because we're in London, so we'll talk about London for an example, but most possibly we actually talk about New York, because in New York it's a little bit perhaps a little bit slightly bigger and more, more diverse than it is in London, but we'll talk about London just for argument's sake, and the same question, the same logic will apply to London. London's a very, very big city, and we're going to take, take the assumption that the size of the city is irrelevant to the halacha of Bailobi. It makes no difference stuff to size. We need it to be one city. It's got to be the city. Now, London is London, but London's also divided into many small constituencies. We have Barnet, but you can even take Barnet and divide Barnet into Golders Green, Hendon, Edgware, each one has its own aerial name. It's called Golders Green. If you say to somebody who lives in, Ed- in Hendon, do you live in Golders Green, he'll shoot you. If you say to somebody in Golders Green, do you live in Hendon, he'll also, he won't look, he won't talk to you for the next three weeks. <laughs> Hendon and Golders Green are two separate, complete places. Correct? And if you talk about Edgware, Edgware is mamish, it's, 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 it's over the Atlantic, Edgware. So how do you define by How do you describe a city? Do you look at the generic city, London? London's a very big place. And as long as your husband, the husband is in London, if the husband's in London, that's good enough for us. Or do we say it's got to be in the area, the local area, which has its own name? So would we consider Golders Green, Hendon, Edgware, um, Chalk Farm, High Barnard, would we consider all those separate cities? It's not the city which is uh, the legal term city. It's the area which has its own name, would that be considered the city? Or do we say no, as long as it's got a general name? So the boss can talk about um, uh, New York. In New York you've got Barrow Park, Flatbush, uh, I don't know what else I heard, but have Buckley, sorry? Williamsburg, Manhattan, you know, you name it. They're all, they're all New York, it's all New York. Do you consider New York as one city? city of New York is one city, it's enormous. Or do you say no, think they all have their own little areas. Now, Barrow Park and Flatbush are right bordering on each other. You can cross from Barrow Park to Flatbush and you wouldn't even know you've crossed unless you, you actually quite know that one's Barrow Park and one's Flatbush. Brooklyn, Barrow Park, they all just merge into one long big mess. <coughs> that wasn't a pun. So, it's difficult. Here as well, Golders Green, Hendon, they're really, it's just one... Let's talk something slightly different. If you have a place like 
Newcastle and Gateshead. Newcastle and Gateshead are two separate places completely. There's no question about them. Newcastle is Newcastle, Gateshead is Gateshead. They have no connection. You have to cross over. They're right next to each other. They're two separate places. If your husband crosses over, the husband crosses over from Gateshead to Newcastle, the husband is not considered by Labir. He's only three minutes away. It doesn't take long. The traffic in, in Gateshead is very, very different than traffic in London. You can drive over to Newcastle in five minutes. But he's not in the city. Now, let's um, try and understand the question. Because I'll, I'll try to analyze the psychology of a woman. Right? <laughs> We're trying to get to the bottom of this, this woman. This, what is going to protect this woman? Do we say that she's going to be afraid of her husband to come back if he's in the local area? Or do we say no? Even if as long as the place is called one place, she's going to be worried he's going to come home. Or if we understand the other reasoning, do we say that as long as the husband's within the local area then she's got this innate fear of her husband but the moment he moves into another area maybe it's still in London but it's another area she doesn't have that innate fear or do we say no London's London in the minds of all of us where do you live? I live in London and I live in London therefore if my husband's anywhere in London that innate fear is going to be there this is something which, which the pastor tries to get to the bottom of and they, find, they really find it difficult because it's not clear in the Gemara and it's not clear in the Shulchanor as to the exact definition of Bailobir the Moshe Feinstein held that New York is New York. New York is New York. You can be anywhere in New York that's already considered by Labir. The Bosnia held London is not London. If you live in New York and you, you're in Barrow Park and you're in, in Brooklyn, it's already a different place. It's a different place. Considered a different place. And therefore we have a real machlekes of modern day poskim how to define by Labir. And the amkus of it, the, 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 what we're trying to get to the bottom of is the, the psychology of a woman. But, I've tried that for 30 years. It's very, very difficult to try to get to the psychology of the The Poskin couldn't. It's good to my wife's not here, isn't it? It's, it's, it's a, it really is something the Poskin struggle with. And therefore, again, we should try and be makeup if we can. In all these scenarios, when it comes to we try to be makeup when we can. But if we can't, there's definitely a makeup If you're in a such a situation, please pick up the phone to A-Rob and ask him um, what you should do. It's nothing to do with distance, it's, nothing, it's, it's purely a psychological thing. You can be 20 feet away. If you, you're in a different city, if it's considered a different city, then you're in a different place. The psychology of the woman is that I feel free, my husband's away. He's out of town. Though out of town means only 10 minutes away. Hazal understood that the psychology of a woman is such that the boundaries of the town are what give her that fear. The fear that he might come back, or the fear, the innate fear, the natural fear, the subconscious fear. How to describe those boundaries is what we're not quite sure. That's why we're struggling a little bit. If you know he's not going to stay long in the other... That's for sure. Let's, we're going to discuss this. We haven't got, got there yet. We're going to discuss much later, not today. And we'll probably won't even get there the next year. We're going to discuss what called the situation of Yichud. So if you know somebody's coming into your house, has a key, and is going to walk into your house at any given moment, you don't quite know when, then that's not Yichud at all. And we're going to discuss that. That's not called the situation of being secluded. You're not secluded. Because somebody can walk in. We will discuss that. That's called the, the Pesach Pesuach, if you have an open door. The open door policy is, is, the, uh, is, is, is that completely negates the situation. It's not a situation of Yichud. Here we're talking about where you are in a situation of Yichud. So if you know that the husband is going to come home at any given moment, you know he, he could be a few minutes, he's going to walk through the door. You don't know exactly when those few minutes are. We're not discussing that. We're talking about you know your husband's a little bit away. You don't know exactly when he's going to come home. And he hasn't picked up the phone to you to say, I'm going to be three quarters of an hour. You don't know exactly. His normal timetable is he doesn't walk home, doesn't walk in before eight, nine o'clock at night. So really you've got quite a few hours. But he could. 
he could have suddenly decided that he's had enough of work today, which is very unusual for men, but he could have decided he's had enough, enough of work today and he wants to come home a bit early. It's possible. So that fear is what we're dealing with here. No, it makes not such a difference how long it's going to be. We discussed that. As long as it, the sheer yichud is five minutes, and we discussed even a less than that, since it's already could actually come to five minutes, that could be that could be problematic. So it doesn't make a difference how long the man's going to be there. What makes a difference is how long the husband's going to be before she before he comes home. So on the assumption that the husband is at at, at work, he's not going to come home at any given moment. We don't know for sure that he's not going to come home. But it's li- unlikely that he's going to come home. But he could. Then we say by if it's in the same city is considered a protector for the wife and that allows the wife to be in a situation of yichud together with another man. Therefore, if the reason why by ear helps is because the wife has some level of fear, be it the fear that her husband might come home or be it this subconscious fear, if the wife is talking to a man who the husband has no problem with her talking to. So for instance, or Chazal called Gaspar. If there's a man who's very familiar, he's very comfortable in the home, often comes in, no, uh, no issues. If the husband will come home and see that man there, he'll have no qualms about, oh, what on earth are you doing in my house? Because this is somebody who's familiar, friendly, maybe a close relative, he may be an acquaintance, a business acquaintance who often comes to the house, or it may be a worker who often comes to the house, and you have some people who have workers in the house 24-7, you know, they've got their worker, and, and their, their builder, he keeps coming, something is very familiar, and the husband will walk in, and the wife has no worries, she's not worried about her husband anymore, because if the husband comes home at any given moment in time, and sees this gentleman there, he'll say, oh, well, he's here many times a week, so that's not a problem. What we call liboy gaspo. If it's liboy gaspo, then by law, it does not help you. It doesn't help you because the wife is not worried that the husband might walk in at any given moment. And it doesn't help you because this innate fear is not there anymore. So she's only worried subconsciously, even if she knows she's never going to get caught, but subconsciously, if I was caught, I'd be in trouble. I'm not going to be caught in this situation. So therefore, no problem. Now, this is a very, very, very practical halacha. For example, somebody's nephew is staying with them. Nephew, the sister's child, he's 11 years old. Little boy, 11 years old. The sister's gone away, or the brother's gone away for a holiday. He's gone away to Miami for a holiday. They have to have a break. You can't manage without a break. The last holiday was only four weeks ago. They need another holiday. So they've gone on holiday again, and they've left their 11-year-old with their sister. Now, this 11-year-old is very familiar, often comes to the house. Sister often brings the children around. He's perfectly uh, comfortable in the house. The husband will have no qualms coming home and finding them together in the house, will they? You now have a problem of yichud on your hands. You, the wife, this person looking after this 11-year-old, if you don't have any other get-out of hilchus yichud, you have a serious problem of yichud on your hands. Because this 11-year-old, for you, is an isa yichud. For the woman, it's an isa yichud. Bailabihe is not going to help you. Because that fear doesn't exist. And therefore you're going to have to find one of the other ways out of Yichud, some of the other shaman, the other protections that we're going to discuss a bit later today and in the coming shurim, in order to get around that problem. So it can really be a big problem. Liberty Gaspar can be a real problem practically in Hilfus Yichud. This bailabir, this fear the husband has, uh, the wife has of the husband, helps even if the gentleman that's in the house who is secluded in the house with this wife is what we call a porrot, somebody who is less concerned about his manner of behavior than the average person. He's an ish porrot, that violently the wife's fear is so strong that even a porrot won't be able to persuade him to do something wrong. Violently, 
protects her from that as well. Even if the woman, even if the wife is also a woman who doesn't behave in, in the manner that she should behave, Chazal would call a prutza, she's someone who doesn't behave in the manner, she doesn't understand boundaries as much as the average woman, but the fact that she's married and has a husband who's in the city, again, by lobby will protect her, because at the end of the day she also has this fear of her husband. She will have that fear of her husband as well. However, with a non-Jew, by law, the ear doesn't help. Meaning like this, if a man is in the house of a, non, of a non-Jew and the wife is there, even if the husband is <coughs> around, it doesn't help. By law, the ear doesn't help with the husband. Really well. If you, if a man is secluded, a Jewish man is secluded with a non-Jewish woman, <coughs> and that non-Jewish woman's husband is in the city, that doesn't help. And Chazal understood that a non-Jewish woman does not have the same level of fear of her husband as a Jewish woman has of her husband. So therefore, Bailabir won't help you. So if you are a, a worker and you're working in and you're working in a home of a non-Jew, and you work in a home of a non-Jew, it doesn't help you. The fact that the husband around the area doesn't help you at all. So, where do we have to be careful? If somebody's husband's gone to work and you've called a, a worker to the house, you call the plumber, or you call the carpenter, so there's a worker in the house. You now have a problem of yichud. This worker is a male. You are at home all day you're, you're, as a female. You are now in a situation where you're secluded. A man and a woman are secluded. You have a problem. We have to start working through now. Is the fact that my husband's at work going to help me? Is it not going to help me? And we have to understand now. If he's out of Golders Green, we have a problem. Even if you want to take on a relationship somebody in London is okay, but if he's in a situation where I know for sure, because I just spoke to him at the office, that he's never going to come home for the next three quarters of an hour, hour, we have a problem. We can end up with real problems. And again, if you have a work in the house, you might need to come on to a different level of protection in order to prevent an issue. And the same is, uh, yeah, the same is any worker, any, any, uh, any man who is a, a gentleman type of, uh, does a type of work like plumbing, electrician, etc. He often works, Jewish man, who works in, the, in other people's homes, he has to be very careful to make sure that there is the husband's around and the heter balabi applies, or he has to make sure that he's got around the problem of yichud some other way. That's a very, very big problem. Uh, then if a Gaisha man comes in the house, then the woman has to make sure that she's protected. If a Jewish man comes into the house, then he has to make sure that the situation is not a situation of difficulty. So if you call in a Jewish, a Jewish electrician and the husband's out of town, this Jewish electrician has a problem. He has to make sure that either he keeps the door wide open, as we're going to discuss, or he's found another way around Issa Yechud. If you call a non-Jewish person to the house, if non-Jewish doesn't give two about Yechud, then the wife has to make sure that the situation of Yechud doesn't arise. Okay, that's our lock of the Bible that we discussed again beginning of last year. I hope we're clear, and we finished off this week trying to understand what's called the city and the scenarios that Bailabi really is a practical, huge help in Hilfus Yechud. Bailabi is a huge help in Hilfus Yechud, but it doesn't solve every situation of Yechud, and that's what's clear. It will solve a lot of situations of Yechud, but it won't solve every situation of Yechud, and therefore we need to move on to find other protections for, for uh, a situation of Yechud. What we want to discuss now, I'll just run through the different levels different types of situations of Shmira, what types of people will be able to protect 
a situation of Yehud. And then we'll discuss just uh, two more s- scenarios today before it gets to late. We have a wife protects her husband. The wife protects her husband, which we have to discuss in, uh, we'll discuss in a few moments. There are certain women that will protect other women. So, for instance, a mother will, will, will protect the son. There are certain types of women that will protect. There are certain types of women that will protect situations of Yehud. There's what we, what we call Chomesh Nashim Asoynesh There's five women, because those women don't really get along so well. So, for instance, now I mean this without, uh, you know, not looking at anybody, and not mother-in-laws and daughters-in-law. Chazal understand are women that don't really get along. The Baruch Hashem, my daughter-in-law, my daughter-in-law and my wife get on extremely well, Baruch Hashem, and Baruch Hashem help. Everybody thought in should get on well with them. But mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws, there's an innate fear between the two, and Chazal call it a, even a hatred, a subtle hatred between mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law, and therefore mother-in-law and daughter-in-law is considered a level of Shmir, which we'll discuss with Hashem, and there are five different types of women who are considered um, protectors for each other because they don't like each other. We'll come and discuss that a bit later with Hashem. A child, a child at certain ages is considered a protector, and this is a very big help in this A child that's between a certain age will be considered a protector because the child is old enough to understand that something funny is going on here but not old enough to understand that he's got to keep quiet <coughs> and at that stage that child becomes a shomer you don't need to go through all the different situations of you that child will become a shomer we have the final one which is probably the most prevalent and the most uh, useful is what we call Pesach Suah a situation where the, the actual Yichud is not considered Yichud the isolation is not considered isolation so if you're in a home with, your, with, with another man and your front door is wide open and anybody can walk in and out that's not a situation you're not isolated because you're open to the public if the door's open but nobody's ever going to walk in then we have to discuss is that called isolated is if you have your door unlatched but it's still closed but it's just unlatched and if somebody would come and push the door open and would be able to walk in is that called a situation of isolation? It's not called a situation of isolation. We will discuss that a lot of If I give a key to my next door neighbor, and I say to my next door neighbor, you can come whenever you like, or my next door neighbor is somebody who's quite inhibited and never going to actually walk into my house without ringing the bell three times before they walk in. Is that called the case of Pesach Pesach? We have to discuss all these scenarios in order to get it right. What we want to discuss now is the halacha of Ishtay Mishamrosi. The wife of a man is a protector for the man. Now, before we move on to understanding Ishtim Shamrosi, the psychology of a man is completely different to the psychology of a husband. The psychology of a man is completely different to the psychology of a wife. A wife has an, a fear of a husband. I'm sorry to have to break it, men don't have fears of their wife. Well, some men don't. They don't have a fear of their wife. What they do have is, they don't want to get the wife annoyed. No man wants to get the wife annoyed. They try, they try to avoid conflict, they try to avoid getting the wife annoyed. So here we have Chazal tell us, again two reasons, not clear exactly why Ishtu Misham Rasi, but a wife protects her husband somehow or other. Now it could be because the wife is very wary of the husband, and if the wife sees the husband in a situation of isolation with another woman, she's generally going to make sure that that situation of isolation doesn't lead to anything disturbing to her, and therefore she's going to watch like a hawk, and she's going to make sure that he behaves himself, and she's going to actually protect him from doing something wrong. Or it could be the other way around, that the husband is very wary of the wife, doesn't want the wife to think of him in negative terms, and therefore he's never going to cross any red line when his wife might, even if it's only a small chance, actually see and discover that he's misbehaving. 
and therefore Chazal understood Ishtar Misham Rosi. But because the psychology of a man is different to the psychology of a woman, therefore the parameters of this heter are slightly different. So let's work through the halachas of Ishtar Misham Rosi, and we'll see where the parameters change from the, the protection of Bailabir. If a person is with his wife in the same room and another woman comes in, absolutely no problem at all. A wife protects her husband. So another woman come into the room, as long as he's there with his wife, that's fine. Even if the wife's not in the room, but the wife's in the same building, it's in the same house, even in the garden, since the wife is around the home of the, or the place where the, the man is, and another woman comes in, no problem at all. There's no problem of yichud. That's not considered yichud. Even if the wife is a blind woman, even if she can't see, but the very fact that she's there and she will sense something's going on, that's already considered a protection. And another woman is allowed to come into the home, and that's not considered yichud. And that's not considered yichud. At night, at night we say a wife is also considered a shemeris. A wife protects the husband even at night. Why the wife protects the husband even at night would depend on the two reasons that we find that Chazal give for the the ishter misham rossi. Is it because? If the reason is that the wife is going to be make sure that the husband doesn't do anything wrong, no wife wants to see the husband doing anything wrong, and therefore she's going to watch like a hook and be careful, then Chazal understand that when the wife goes to bed and goes to sleep at night and leaves the husband downstairs and there's another strange woman in the house, she's never going to sleep properly. She's not going to sleep properly. Her sleep will be quite um, um, shallow. That's the word, thank you. A very shallow sleep. And if there's anything going on in the house, she will hear it immediately and she'll be up and downstairs. So therefore, the husband knows that the wife's not going to sleep properly, and therefore, He's protected. Or even if the wife is not worried about the husband and she goes to sleep and she sleeps properly, but since the husband's worried that she might wake up at any given moment in time, it's possible she could wake up. People go to sleep and wake up a few minutes later. Therefore, he's now worried that she might find out. Last thing a husband wants is to get the wife upset. Therefore, he is not going to do anything wrong and he's protected. However, what would happen if the wife took a sleeping tablet and she's now fast asleep? and there's absolutely no chance of her waking up until 7 o'clock next morning that sleeping tablet every night it works a charm she takes a sleeping tablet and she falls asleep and she sleeps through the night without any problem then Ishtar Imoy is not going to happen Ishtar Misham Rashi does not happen because she's not going to get up to check that he's behaving himself he's not worried about her waking up because she's taken the sleeping tablet however the other way around if a husband took a sleeping tablet and the wife was downstairs with a strange man then it's possible that does help because the innate fear of a wife is still in place she might not be worried that he's going to walk down the stairs but the other reason that we allow bylaw to be her husband to consider the a shaman because she, a woman has an innate fear that innate fear is there even if the husband's not going to wake up in the next few hours and therefore it's possible in that case we can be makele in certain scenarios but for a woman we can never be makele if the wife took a sleeping tablet we would never be makele what about if one of them it, it, it could, bedridden doesn't make a difference. If, if they're awake, it wouldn't make a difference. Not, not, not well and, and if they're not uh, aware of what's going around them, then they're not. For either case, they're not considered a shame. Either case, they're not considered a shame. Now, where a wife is different to a husband, and this is where the parameters really change, and this is a real discussion in the Pasuken. The Pasuken are not clear about this either. It's a big machlekes. What would happen if the wife went out of the house she didn't go out of the city, she went out of the house and she said, I'm going shopping now when women go shopping, they go shopping, right? and they usually forget that they even have a home to come back home to so they went, she goes, she goes shopping and the husband knows jolly well she's gone to Brent Cross I'm not going to see her for the next few hours 
I'm not going to see her next week. There's very little chance that she's going to come home. It's possible. It is possible she got to, to bring across and all the sales stuff has been sold and she got very despondent so she came home. It's possible. But the chances are that she isn't going to come home for a long, long, long time. In the halachas of Baila it will be the other way around. The wife was home, the husband went into such a situation, which say the husband's in the city, protects her, the husband might come home, the wife is afraid the husband might, even if it's only a, sl- a slim chance, but there's a chance he might come home, so she's afraid, that's called protection. We would have no problem with that. But this way around is not so straightforward. In a situation where the wife might not come home, that means most likely won't come home, there's a chance, but most likely won't come home, the fact that she's in the city means nothing to the husband. He doesn't have this innate fear of his wife. So that's not going to help. The fact that he's worried that the wife will come home, she might not come home. She's, you know, she's wasn't really busy with sitting through all gap stuff in, in, in Brent Cross, and then she's not coming home for a long time. All the children, Aniklov, and nephews and nieces, and then cousins, she's got to buy baby presents, and then this present, and that present. But there's so much to buy, right? Keep, you keep yourself busy. He knows she's not going to come home. Unlikely she's going to come home. Would that be considered a shmir or not? So this, the Pascom are very, very not clear. Most Pascom only allow Ishtai Misham Rasa if there's a very good chance that she's going to come home at any moment in time. If there isn't that good chance, it's unlikely, then even though a Habayla Be'er would help, the Ishtai Misham Rasa would help. So use Machmeks in the Pascom, and we are trying to be Machme. We try to be Machme. This is very, very, very relevant on a day-to-day basis. You have your clean in the house. Right, you have your clean in the house, you have your clean in seven or uh, six days a week for three hours a day, because otherwise Khash on the house is not going to be spotless. So you have a clean in the house regularly. The husband's in the house, either he works from home or he happens to be home that day, or he or, 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 or he, he works in the afternoon and he's at home in the morning, whatever it may be. So he's at home and the wife says, I'm sorry, I want to go out shopping. You know, uh, I've had enough, I need I need to get out of the house, I need some fresh air, I need to see different colour walls, I need to see, uh, I need to get out. So I'm going to bring cross I'm going to bring cross for a few hours. I'll see you lunchtime. Don't worry, I've got lunch ready. We'll all we'll have lunch together. So she, he now knows that the wife has gone out for a few hours. He's gone out, out of the house for a few hours. And yet he's at home with a cleaner on his own. That is a situation of yichud. Without the wife there, because the wife's gone off for a while, and she, he knows she's gone off for a while, that is problematic. If she said, I'm going to my shoes, I'm going to K's, and I'll be back in a few minutes, since it's possible that she left the credit card at home, it's possible she left uh, uh, her, her glasses at home, and it's, there's so many possibilities of what she's left at home, and he, she could come home at any moment in time, because she only went around the corner, then that would be okay, because then the Ishtar, his wife, could walk in at any moment in time, and that would protect him. But if the wife's gone out, he to work, he's never going to come home, gone shopping, he's never going to come home, or unlikely to come home, then according to many Poskim, that's not called the situation of Ishtar, Imoy, and that wouldn't help doesn't help. And here we have where the wife is less of a protector, slightly less of a protector than for the husband, than the husband is for the wife. Do we get that? Clear? And then, if the husband is at home with a cleaner, he's going to have to find some other way of protecting himself, either with a child, or with a, an open door policy, or etc., etc., as we will discuss. However, when the wife is there, the wife will protect the husband, even if the husband is a gentleman who, in standard of behavior isn't so wonderful. What Chazal would call the porridge. Even the husband's a bit of a porridge. And even if the wife's the fruitser. And another woman comes in, the fact that the wife is there still protects the husband. Even a porridge doesn't want to behave in front of his wife in a manner that he shouldn't be behaving in. And the same applies here we have the wife is more of a protector. What would happen if the niece comes to stay? The niece comes to stay with the family 
and she, she's very familiar in the home, Libby Gaspo, or any other woman who's very friendly and comfortable in the house, and there's a familiarity between the, the families and that woman, there the wife is still protected. Even though we said when it comes to bylaw, the ear, the wife, the, the husband might not protect from Libby Gaspo, but the woman would protect the husband when it comes to Libby Gaspo. There's a little uh, extra there, which is there by the woman or by the man. Somebody who deals regularly with women, so for instance a doctor, or, or a peddler who, who peddles in, in women's wares and things like that, things which interest women in jewelry. There, there's an argument, a discussion in, in the costume whether his wife can actually protect him. Since he regularly deals with women, so he doesn't have that, that fear of his wife like the average man. The costume are not so clear as to whether this, that situation the wife would protect or not. And the most complicated halakha in Ishta Imai is a non-Jewish man, the fact that his wife is with him doesn't help at all. Doesn't help at all. And this is very, very serious halakha. It's extremely practical and serious halakha. We mentioned it once before, and I would like to mention it again because it's extremely, extremely relevant. If you go for a fitting to, I'm going to use my next door neighbor just because she lives next door to me. Some chicks are called Bajena. I don't know her name is. Some guys are called Bajena. I don't know who she is. I just know that there's lines of people outside the house from 12 o'clock every single day until who knows what time. Lines and lines of people. She must be some seamstress, I assume. And sh- you're going into the house. She lives on Templars Avenue. I'm not, I'm not uh, her agent. I get no, uh, no commission. But, but if you're short of a cup of coffee and you've got an hour's wait, you can always pop in and we'll give you a cup of coffee. But there's lines of people outside the house. But what would happen if you go to her, and this is, uh, I'm going to give you an example. There's hundreds of these people. You're going to a seamstress and you're taking in your dress to be, to be altered, or you're going for a fitting, or whatever it may be. And her husband is in the kitchen having a cup of coffee, and she says, come in, and then we'll do a fitting, and she shuts the front door. You have now put yourself into a situation of yichud. You have put yourself into a situation of yichud. The fact that her husband's around... The husband is around, correct, if that's what you say. I've never been into the house, I can't tell you. So uh, if, if the, the seamstress's husband is around... The fact that the wife of this guy is there, the seamstress is there, is a zilch protection. It doesn't help an iota. Non-Jewish men and non-Jewish women do not have the same fear of the husband in these areas as Jewish men and Jewish women do. And therefore you are in a situation of Yechud, you may not shut that front door, you may not go in. Unless you take somebody else with you where you are now protected. And you can only take someone who is considered a protector. If you take another woman in, it might not even be a situation which would help you. We'd have to discuss that. You've got to make sure that you go into a situation of, you go into a seamstress in, in, a, in a type of manner that there's no issue. It's an extremely relevant, uh, I sometimes feel like standing outside the house there with a placard and saying, Do you, are you aware that if you go into this house on your own, you might be transgressing Yisri Yichud? And is it worth it for, for this perfect dress that you're going to get, Bez Hashem? I'm sure it's all perfect. Is it worth transgressing even for a moment this is Yichud? Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Definitely not. So we really need to, you need to be aware of this, and if you have any friends who you know frequent these types of places you must mention it to them you cannot go there on their own unless they know for sure the husband's out the husband mustn't be in the house the husband's in the house you have a serious problem with if you take a, 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 a family member with you take a daughter or a sister or somebody who's a protector it's definitely okay uh, or another woman then you've got three women in the house sorry one friend then you've got three women in the house that's probably okay that's okay only if it's a, in a scenario that people will, continue, will just walk in. So somebody like Bajana, people would just walk in. If the door was open, they would just walk in. That's true. But it, 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 would they let you leave the door open? They've got little children, and they're not going to let you leave the door open. But then 
They've got two little children. No, they have two daughters. And therefore? I don't know. Maybe they have two daughters. Two daughters. And then there's like the other daughter. Like the porch. They have two daughters. And therefore what? I don't know if we need to be the most open. Of course. Of course. Unless there's a flat upstairs and there's people upstairs. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a very, very serious, it really is a serious problem and we have to be aware of it and we have to make sure that we, we don't put ourselves into a situation of yichud. And it's inadvertent. People, it's either because people don't realize the halacha or, or they, they don't think. They, they're so desperate, oh, I've got her now without queue and I can get in and get out and, and, and you can't see she's going to do it for me by tomorrow afternoon and she's so cheaper. It, it, people just don't, we just don't bother to think exactly what am I doing and we have to really be aware of this. It's not really, it's not really. Who says that's called Pesach Pesach? We're going to learn the halachas of Pesach Pesach, Mishim. We will learn the halachas. Um, and if we leave the door open? We're not, it's not so straightforward. It's particularly a door that you can't see in. And would somebody walk into any, any part of the house anyway? Would they walk into any part of the house? So, but if you're one of the lucky few allowed to come in at non-open time, <coughs> then nobody's going to walk in. So it's not straightforward. It's not straightforward. You have to be aware. All I'm, all I'm saying is you have to be aware this is a serious, serious problem. It's not a new problem. Uh, in, in, I remember when we lived in Gateshead, there was a number of seamstresses like this as well who had private houses, not in storefronts, private houses, and they were, it was a big problem. They lived quite far out. They weren't next door like, uh, like some, of, some of the ones around here, and you had to drive there, and you didn't always, didn't always have somebody to be able to come with you. It's a pain in the neck. It can become a pain in the neck in real difficulty, but you need to be aware that you can not be transgressing. I don't know if her husband's there. I've got no idea. But if, he, but if he's there, it can be problematic. If it's there, he can be problematic. It can be a woman, it can be a child, it depends what age child, we will discuss that Mr. Shem, but it's got to be somebody that's considered a Shem. And that doesn't help the teachers or the children? I think her children actually are very small at the moment. Um, <coughs> does she always have another lady there? So then maybe that would, be, that would help, yes. Because you, then you've got three, three uh, we have to add, we have to... No, a non-Jew, another non-Jew, another non-Jewish woman doesn't help. Another non-Jewish, we learned that in the last year. I just want to check that we learned it. Another non-Jewish woman doesn't help. They won't help either. So it, it, I shouldn't say that. It does help slightly. It does make it easier. It does make it easier. A non-Jewish woman does make it slightly easier. But it's not ideal. It's not ideal. So if somebody can find somebody to go with them... Just ring on the bell. She'll come with you. The CCTV will discuss that. CCTV could help. Could be, cause it could be, but only a CCTV that somebody can watch at any given time. If it's just CCTV that you might... It's not so posh. But nowadays, often in cashers we have that. 
CCTV cameras that the mashkicha will grab on the phones with, and they just uh, app, switch on an app, and they can now see. So if anybody eats the family bread, the family bread is a completely non-Jewish firm. It's a Polish company, but they have constant CCTV on every inch of the of the factory. And the mashkicha just they go they, they go in in and out regularly, but they have constant supervision. They it's on their telephones, and they can see that type would be a shmir to 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 some degree. To some degree. We're really running out of time. Let's just make a start on, on the next, the next area of what would be called a, which women would be called protectors. So we've discussed a wife is a protector for the husband, the husband is a protector for the wife. Now we're going to discuss different women who are protectors for different men. So a list here of which type of women would be called, would be, would be called protectors. A mother is a protector for the son. A daughter would be considered a protector for the father. A sister would be considered a protector for the brother. A grandmother would be considered a protector of the grandchild. Now the reasoning behind all these is because since you're allowed to be misyachid, you're allowed to isolate yourself with your brother, with your mother, with your grandmother, with your sister, right, or with your son, any woman that you're allowed to isolate yourself with is automatically becomes now, moves up a notch and becomes now a protector. So since I'm allowed to be at home with my mother, I'm allowed to be at home with my daughter on my, on my own, and there's no problem with that, we will discuss at the greater length a little bit more the relationship between a brother and a sister because that's not so straightforward but brothers and sisters are allowed to remain at home definitely for a short period of time therefore the sister now becomes a protector the mother becomes a protector the grandmother becomes a protector the daughter becomes a protector they now on their own are considered protectors if another woman would come in and normally a man with two women is considered yichud but if one of those women is a mother a sister a daughter or a grandmother they then that situation of yichud would be negated there are views who actually don't like this and they say that these people are not considered protectors but la halacha we take on and this is accepted across the board la halacha we take on that they are considered a protector so let's just stretch this one further and then we'll stop so continuing on from what we've learned today what would happen if a man would be isolated with two women which halakhically he's not allowed to one of those women husband was in the city so which now means with that woman alone he's allowed to be isolated by Lobeir but the other woman he's not allowed to be isolated with do we now say since oh so now then the rule would be since we've just learned the rule that if you're, if you're with a woman who you are permitted to be with that woman automatically turns and becomes into a protector then in that situation would be permitted the one whose husband's in the city since they are permitted to be isolated together she therefore not only are they permitted to be, cut, to be, to, to be isolated together she automatically becomes a shimeris for this gentleman and therefore for him to be isolated with a woman like that and another woman would be permitted so you can be at home with your wife you can be at home with your mother you can be at home with your sister you can be at home with a daughter and another woman, no problem at all. Or you can be at home with two women. One of them's husband is in the city. That's also enough. That will not be considered a situation of Yechud. We'll come back and we'll be elaborate a little bit more at the next year. Then we'll move on to understand the five women that are considered protectors of each other because they dislike each other immensely. And some of the other 
different protections that we need to put in place. The Maikers' children are all protected, who, who are considered protectors, and um, an open door which we'll discuss in the coming Shurim Be'ez Hashem. We're literally running out, already running out of time. Let's just talk about Shabbat, Rishchei Shabbat for two, three minutes. Today was Rishchei Shabbat, and we know that the month of Shabbat is the Yosh Hashanah Le'ilomis, right? The Yosh held that this morning, today, was Rosh Hashanah Le'ilomis, the first day of Shabbat, and they still held the Tethbob Shabbat. So we really need to start stocking up on our uh, Shechionas because they're going to be running out of the shops and we have to make sure that we have about 155 fruits for to be shot. Very, very important. But let's try and understand what the concept of Chodesh Shvat is. What is Chodesh Shvat? Is it not 155? Sloan's definitely, what is it? Leon's definitely thinking it's about 155, no? <coughs> but let's try and understand the concept of Shvat. Let's understand the concept of Shvat. We passed through Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot. The world's now gone into a slight decline. The world went into a world of hibernation. Everything in the world began to, to stop functioning. It, it became inactive. It's a, a non-vibrant and a non-active world. We lived in the world until now for the last couple of months in the world of what, if you compare it to the time of creation, to the world of, the world of Tayu. Prior to the creation of the world, the world was Tayu, Vavoyu, the world of void, the world of nothingness. And that's really what the winter represents. The beginning of the winter represents that nothingness that precedes the creation of the world. The next stage of creation was when Akash said, Vayihi oil, let there be light. That is the month of Shvat. The month of Shvat, there's no fruits yet on the tree. There's no flowers beginning to grow. There's, there's, there's no life which is, quite, which is clearly evident, but life has begun to become evident. The sap in the trees begun to rise. The buds are beginning to form. There's a very there's a change. The month of Shvat represents the change from a, a non-active world, a, a dormant world, to a beginning, the beginning of an active and a vibrant world. The month of Shvat therefore represents the Rosh Hashanah, the change from a world of Tayu to a world of creation, a world of active, active life. But a world of life and a world which is a created world was created for a purpose. It wasn't created so we should just sit there and enjoy this world. It was created that we should take this world and fill it with spirituality, fill it with our Vodas Hashem, fill it with, with, with Torah, fill it with Kima Mitzvahs. And therefore we find something very, very interesting, that the muzzle for the month of Shvat is a bucket. At the least, the muzzle for the month of Shvat is a bucket. That the, the bucket is an empty vessel. And the purpose of the, of the bucket is that it should be filled. You've got to fill the bucket. That's what the Mantra Shvat tells us. The Mantra Shvat tells us that we're now beginning to, to enter into a created world. Remember, as we create this world, this world needs to be created, was created for a reason. It was created like a bucket. It was created so that it should be an empty world, a void world, a world of a beautiful creation, but you need to fill it with spirituality. It's empty of spirituality. It has no avoid Hashem inside it. It has no revelation of Akash Baruch inside it. You need to fill that bucket. If you take the function of the bucket a little bit further, the real primary task of a bucket is to allow you to drop it low down into the well, empty, fill it up with water, and then bring it back up and let it rise. Because that's what this, the, the, world, the work of this world is. This world is a bucket. We need to go down into the world that we live in, which is going all the way down to the depth of this world, to the world of the creator, the physical created world, the physical part of the world. We need to fill it. In, at that point, we need to fill it with water. In Mayim. We need to fill it with spirituality, and once you've filled it, then we can raise the bucket up, and we can now move and elevate the whole world up. The whole world moves to a different level, to a level of spirituality. The Rosh Hashanah, we should understand the meaning behind the month of Shvat, 
The month of Shvach is a beautiful month. It really is the change. It changes from the darkness of the winter to the beginning to the light of the summer. We should be zeichet to be able to serve the Rishonim in its fullest. Not chasishonim inadvertently transgress any surim, even the surim drabono, whatever it may be, in any way possible. So we can fill that bucket purely with water, with prayer, and we should be zeichet to see the ultimate light. The beis hagirl mehevi amenu. Amen.